much like the uh, like the McDonald's toys meant to them. Uh, oh, Josie's favorite toys are some Ninja Turtles that came from Sonic. My buddy Matt, uh, I don't know, man, he used to get a Happy Meal all the time from Sonic or whatever they call them. Right. Uh, I guess because they were a cheap way to get a corn dog and a drink. <laughs> I don't know. But uh, he started collecting the turtles, and he had all four of them. And uh, when he moved, he gave them to Josie. And they're her favorite toys by far. He kept them in his locker at work. I don't know. He's kind of like me. A little quirky. Yeah. I'm going to adjust this real quick. There we go. Make it more ergonomic. Anyway. That's not how you say that word, Josh. What's that? It's not ergonomic. I said ergonomic. Okay. Sound like you said ergonomic. Making up words again. That's true. I apologize if at some point during the cast, if you get like a ding, then it screws up the sound. Because uh, anytime someone makes a change to the Dropbox at work, I get an alarm. Uh -huh. uh, oh, it's what all right. About, what about this stuff? Can you see this on my screen? It, it gets rid of it. Do you see my mouse going crazy? Looks no. like we're good. No, we keep changing something. If you do. What? If you do. I didn't. Oh. This thing is, is cheap. There we go. What's your cable? Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm recording, man, so whenever you're... I just figured we'd pick up and go. Yeah. Yeah, can you see me? Yeah. Okay. Good. Anyway, welcome to uh, Top of the Dew Chain. Where Josh Sounds reads his forward. phone to you. I got a text message, man. Yeah. I'm sure it without not banging cool. your microphone all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like uh, it's hard to watch. Uh, it's hard to watch. Anyway, sans yep. Corey today. Corey had yep. to go downtown. Yeah. Be a cop. Yeah. So, we're having... I mean, there's a there's a fifty fifty chance that this doesn't even record, which means it'll be our best podcast ever. Not so much because Corey's not here, but because it probably won't record. Yeah, and the quality's definitely going to suffer without our producer. Yeah, definitely uh, go down in infamy with the uh, sweatshop episode as well. Right. Well, just so you know, you've already frozen up on my computer screen. There you Completely. Go. Yeah, it was just a, a really weird image, like freeze frame image of you. Then it then it came back. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's back now. Sweet. Yeah. So anyway, man, what yeah. have you been up to? Uh, so kind of a lot of like at work, we've been trying to uh, get more efficient. Uh, so a lot of a lot of work meetings and divvying out duties and. Uh, 
I don't know. Kind of felt like I was getting kind of the duty of the duties. Uh, but uh, we kind of got on the same page. So just been a whole lot of like getting on, you know, communication and getting on the same page at work. But other than that, kind of same old, same old. Spent the weekend uh, mowing. Uh, man, all that rain did some wonders for the grass. Your grass? Yeah, yeah. It was. Did you fertilize it? Not really. Uh, used alfalfa pellets. The people yeah. that had the house before me were into like kind of green treatment. Right. And so they had a big bag of alfalfa pellets, which the reason you put those out there is because uh, it's supposed to be like a slow nitrogen release. A lot yeah. of people say that it's so slow you can't really tell if it's even doing anything. But this bag had been in the garage and gotten wet multiple times. And I'm pretty sure the nitrogen content went up because when I opened that thing, it was like straight ammonia in the face. And uh, anyways, I I went ahead and kind of broke it up and scattered it over the yard. And uh, I don't know. I honestly don't know if the fertilizer had anything to do with it or if it was just the fact that the Bermuda grass is finally growing because it's been warm enough. And all that rain and then a couple of days of sunlight, just natural pro- progress of grass you know what i mean yeah no that nitrogen is it green is it like a nice lush green yeah now a lot of my yard is a is that tall fescue like yeah stuff. so it's it's pretty lush green uh the remuda looks pretty good though there's i don't know i'm not really a lawn guy kind of new to all this just to be honest with you yeah so, so so nitrogen nitrogen greens up the lawn from what I understand, I could be completely off base. Yeah. But in, if I remember my research correctly, you have three numbers on nitrogen or uh, on fertilizer. Mm-hmm. It's like a thirteen dash thirteen dash thirteen, and I think the middle number is the nitrogen, and I think the nitrogen helps the top what you see in the grass. Hmm. Yeah, especially And I think you have phosphate and something else. Yeah. Um, and that's that that what that helps the root system and all that. All right. All right. So if you want like a real green lawn, they say to to pump it full of nitrogen. Yeah. Uh, okay. That helps that helps the leaf. Well, that's good to know. I know that when we used to fertilize timber uh, with that Aerotech job that I did, uh, we had two combinations of fertilizer. I think one of them was a monoammonium phosphate, and the other one was a diammonium phosphate. And right. uh, and anyways, they, they used a mixture of those two to uh, fertilize the timber and uh, grow pine trees a little faster and start harvesting a little earlier. But it makes for a little bit of a softer uh, wood. Uh, but at the same time, it's still still kind of quality and you get a return on your investment a little bit faster. So if anybody owns timber out there, there's nothing wrong with fertilizing other than keep it out of the streams, please. You froze I, uh, up again. I highly recommend. Good. I highly recommend the uh, um, Eckerd Seed up yeah. there by the Capitol. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're uh, they're pretty legit as far as product, but they mm-hmm. also their their people know what they're talking about, and that's that's kind of how the guy explained it to me. Uh, when I went in there, my buddy Dewey, he uh, he has a real nice lawn out in Choctaw, and that's okay. what he does. He goes out there and kind of explains the uh, uh, 
the issue that he's having, you know, mm-hmm. dense spots, whatever it is, and they 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 kind of help him out. And he had was it grub worms? Mm-hmm. I think that they kill the grass or whatever, and they. Well, now we had some out. kind of a worm that came through a couple years ago that tore up everybody's lawns real bad, and I can't remember what they were called, but uh, everybody had them, kind of. Yeah. Kind of ravaged Oklahoma. I don't know that it was a grub. It was probably a type of grub worm, but it was something specific. I can't remember what it was called. Yeah. yeah. But, and so they put him in contact with a guy who specifically knew how to deal with them. So uh-huh. his his lawn was so his neighbors were having you know to to fight it. And this guy apparently knew, and so he you know obviously sent him that way. But this Eckerd people knew uh, exactly. Awesome. Well, I can remember yeah. that. Yeah, so it's up by the capital and all that. I was thinking to myself, like, I need uh, this past weekend, I was like, man, I'm going to drive up there and pick up some fertilizer. And then uh, and then it dawned on me, man, I don't want to spend another 40, 50 bucks on a lawn. That right? You're not <laughs> even going to be sold. around a mow. Yeah. <laughs> house is sold. I was going to, if I hadn't sold the house yet, I would have done it, but the house sold last Monday. Well, now, that's, so. that's news to me. I didn't know it sold. So, oh, really? Yeah. I, you must, yeah. You does Brittany get on Facebook at all? Uh, I think so. Sometimes. Cause my wife posted it to the world. So yeah. Anyway, yeah, it's sold. You may not follow your wife. I don't know. I don't blame you. <laughs> now nah, we follow her. I'm sure. Uh no, yeah. So last last oh, on Memorial Day it sold or Memorial Day holiday. Well, congrats. Yeah. I'm glad it's, I mean, I, I, we got an inspection Friday. Um, I'm not worried about the appraisal. It'll cover what uh, what they appraise for or what they, you know, it'll cover the price yeah. and the appraisal will. But um, they had a surveyor come out. I don't know exactly what he was doing. but uh, Mortgage inspection. So what, what do they do there? Because he was, because my, my hose hangers. Like the uh-huh. thing, I, I, I I screwed him into the wall or into the mm-hmm. to the brick so that I could tie my hose up, and he was measuring that for some reason. I don't know about that. I don't know why he'd be doing that. It was he measuring that, or was he just using that as a possibly as a point to measure too? Because typically, what you do with a mortgage inspection, most people don't want to pay for a survey, so instead of a full survey, you just get what's called a mortgage inspection. And you really all you're doing is showing that the property does lie where it's supposed to lie, and that you know the house lies within within the boundaries of the property. So in other words, there's no encroachments. So right. what they'll typically do is they'll come out there, they'll uh, they'll shoot in the lot, like the property corners of the lot, uh-huh. uh, and then they'll uh, shoot in the house and any buildings that are on the house and any fences, just to make sure that. Uh, there's I'm nothing like on the lane. property. Yeah, yeah, nothing on the property that's in the wrong place. And typically what they do is instead of, like, they get all the dimensions of the house so that if you've ever seen a mortgage inspection, it looks like someone from an aerial view just traced your house. Uh-huh. Well, to make sure that they get all those measurements right, usually what they do is they use their instrument to shoot a couple key corners, and then they just use a tape measure and tape the house in. And then they just uh, sketch it in a book, and then they... Uh, go into a drafting software like AutoCAD or whatever they use, and uh, they'll bring all those points in, and then they'll 
sketch in those dimensions with the uh, drafting software and uh, make sure that it hits those points they shot and puts it all in the right place and that put that into the, like a little exhibit and that exhibit just gets kind of thrown in there with your uh, with your house information to show that hey you're buying a house that does exist where they say it is and does you know isn't like doesn't have anything encroaching on like any easements or property lines or anything like that so it's just it's just cheaper than an actual survey and uh, gets you lets you know that everything's kind of on the up and up legally that's cool yeah yeah so that happened already uh, the appraiser should be coming out pretty soon or or at least contacting the real estate agent yeah it'll appraise just fine yeah I'm not worried it's that about inspector. that it's that inspector you gotta watch that's, and that's Friday evening and that's kind of where I'm <laughs> They, they really, I mean, they have to write down every little thing that's wrong right. with the house. But typically what the inspector does is they kind of go through that and it's like, all right, I had to write this down, but, you know, here's what needs to be done to fix it or whatever. But if there's anything that's like kind of critical, they usually like, you know, here's the highlighted areas that are actually something you want to really worry about. And then, you know, the buyer is going to, of course, what you've done this but uh buyer's going to say, all right, like, you know, can you fix some of this? I'll take on some of it. The majority of the things that, that the inspector found on this house, I was like, dude, I'll be honest with you. I'll just, I'll fix those sometime. Yeah. And I, I have not addressed not a single one of them because yeah, I, I didn't think any of them were a big deal. One of them was just, he said, you know, the type of screw that's holding the uh, fuse box on, um, he said it's yeah. the wrong kind of screw. And I was like, I, yeah. is it holding it on? You know, I, I don't care, you know. I so, think we actually had that same thing. Yeah. Because what they'll we, do is they'll use a wood screw, and they're technically supposed to use a bolt. Yeah. So we, I think uh, it's something like that. The door. So we have a door. We have a two-and-a-half-car garage. So there's a door that goes to the backyard. Yeah. When we were buying it, the door was rotted because uh, – uh, that area gained. I have a. I put fescue there in that area because it because the way the house is set, and my neighbor's house is set because it's a cul-de-sac. There was no grass there, mm -hmm. and so the water eroded. You know a lot of the dirt, but when it got a good rain, it would just puddle there and just mm -hmm. you just have little little pool of water. Uh, now I, I laid fescue and all that, so now that that grass soaks it all up. But anyway, it it uh it rotted out the door. Mm -hmm. uh, that door so that was a majority of of what we want i was like listen i just want either a steel door or a composite door there's something that that's not going to rot that's going to be yeah. waterproof or whatever so they did that and that was almost half of the because you agree on a price too yeah yeah we'll fix up to five hundred dollars or whatever yeah. and, and that door was about 300 of it and then the rest of it was just so nitpicky like like <clears throat> Well, like foggy windows, if you have like condensation in your windows, in other words, uh -huh. if the gas that's in your double pane window has found a way to escape and let moisture in, like uh -huh. the inspector will say like, do you want to replace the windows? And the buyer has yeah. the option to say like, yeah, I want to replace the windows. That can get expensive. Yeah. So. Yeah. But like I said, that, you know. We actually got new windows. It was uh, one of the windows needed to be replaced and the seller was like, no, we'll do it. And I was like, that's. Thanks. <laughs> I'm like, that's, that's yeah. cool with me. So didn't cost me any extra money. 
Yeah, no, we, I don't play anything. We had a good, I felt like we had a good seller, and I hope they felt like they had a good buyer. We, uh, you know, we we liked the house enough that, you know, we gave them a good, a good price on it, and uh, they did a lot of stuff to make sure that it was in good condition when we got it. Yeah, my only concern was the air conditioner. That's a, that's a big concern. But uh, I brought the air conditioning guy out because our uh, <clears throat> got clogged up, and so we had it dripping into our garage because it's back. Mm -hmm. You know, when it backs up, it drips in there, and then yeah, it fills that pan up, and then your upper unit kind of goes into yeah. the garage. So he came out, and that thing was clogged up. He said, "I so I just cut it and blew in it." And he said, "Dude, it was it took a mighty couple mighty gusts to get it freed up." <laughs> but he, you know, he we were told, you know, I kind of feel like insurance. I mean, not insurance. Uh, air conditioning guys are almost like used car dealers for the big ones. You know yeah. what I mean? Uh huh. Because we came out, and this guy's like, "Oh, you got a leak. You got a leak. You need to replace your condenser." Yada yada, and you know. So I'm like, "Well, I got a warranty." So. I tell them to replace the, I call the warranty place, and they send out, they go, well, we can't use that company. We're going to send out another company. I said, all right, whatever. Well, they send out the same exact dude who came out, and I'm like, the warranty place said, I couldn't use y'all. He goes, well, this is the second business. He goes, this is our warranty business. <laughs> and I'm like, all right. So he comes in. He, he changes tune. Well, that's the thing, man. Then he comes in and he's like, okay, you know, so this is what's going to cost. And it was a pretty hefty price. And I'm like, okay, we'll just let the warranty company know. I mean, it's what I pay for a warranty for. Dude, warranty comes back and goes, that's not normal wear and tear. You did something to your air conditioner. I'm like, man, I've only been here a year, man. I've been whatever. Yeah. So, so I told my wife, I said, listen, man, we're just going to run this thing until it dies. And then when it dies, we'll get a new one. You know, we'll figure out whatever to to get a new one. Well, it never died. I mean, it just worked just fine. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, he came out and he blew the holes out. And he's like, listen, man. He goes, I said, I said I'm going to have an inspection. I'm worried about it. He goes, I'll give it the run through and, and whatever. And he just came out and he said, man, thing looks good. It's got another three to five years in a minimum. Yeah. And he goes, I put some free on it. And I said, how much you have to put in? He's like, man, half a gallon. Yeah. Uh, or half a pound, I mean. And I'm like. All right, cool. So he he sent me a receipt and said uh, air conditioning is in good order. He said if the uh, inspector has any issues, give him a call. And this is just hmm. a guy who does him and his buddy just own a, a small little company and does it. Yeah. Ray Cathy uh, recommended him because he used to do do that business. So yeah. they're good, you know, no overhead. They're not going to try and upsell you and all that. They're they're pretty. They they worked on our our heater one winter and they were he was pretty. I have to remember that because uh, we have a we have a new unit so that's positive. But uh, you know if we start having any air conditioner or heater issues, I'm kind of like you. I don't just trust to call the biggest name in the phone book. No, no. Yeah, I'll give you their number. Here, uh, and all that you know touched up and all that just to just ensure that that it does keep running mm -hmm. so, anyway yeah yeah so house is sold hopefully you said you're trying to be more efficient at work i have officially become inefficient at work <laughs> you are uh still getting paid but not doing much 
I'm training my replacement. Yeah. You know. And and uh how to make the rounds and bug people in cubicles. Well, that's the thing. We haven't even been at work. And yeah, uh we have a program. We have a program where we uh and, and this this is in cooperation with the military. It's called hiring heroes or something like that. Where essentially what we can do is is, is six months before uh, uh, one of these an Air Force, this guy was in the Navy. <clears throat> before they retire, they can go interview and work for you. Mm-hmm. And they work for you like they're one of your employees, but the Navy continues to pay them. Uh, so it's beneficial for us because we get to test this guy out and, and see how they do. Uh, and we get to do a free of charge because the Navy's paying for it. It's beneficial to them because it gets them into a normal workplace to kind of see what it's like in the interview process and kind of knock the, knock the cobwebs off and all that because military is obviously different than, than the life you and I live. Yeah. So uh, it's, it's win-win for that. So I told them about four months ago we were moving and I was leaving the company. And so they, they asked me to train this guy. And he's pretty competent, so, so man, I've, in all reality, it's been like, hey, you want to do this? You owe me too. And he's just like, I'll do it. So I've just been, he, he'll do, the, he'll do all the work, and then send it to me to spot check it and make sure you didn't mess up. And then hmm. he takes over. He officially got hired. He he's on vacation this week, but next week he starts his official day, <clears throat> and I'm officially out the door in two weeks. So yeah. A lot of changes, man, but that's a pretty easy transition for you. That's gravy training. What's that? Just not, you know, like you said, you're having to train the guy, but there's not really anything that you can do because you're not even having to go to work, really. Well, so, yeah, but, I mean, I've tra- I've been training him. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's to really to his credit. I mean, the guy's picked it up so fast. Yeah. That, that he's at that point now where he's able to do the work. And, you, you know, you want him to do the work because you want his name to get out there and the recognition. Yeah. So that people have the same confidence in him. Uh, and so I'm, I'm really just playing safety net right now and mm-hmm. studying the stock market and watching uh, Hulu all at the same time. <laughs> I was waiting for that last part because that's what you're really doing. <laughs> What's on Hulu? Uh, what we do in the dark. TV series? Is it not what we do in the shadows? What we do in the shadows, yeah. yeah. Same thing. Same. Whatever the movie's called, it's the yeah, same. Yeah, did I TV tell you show. to watch the movie? Was that one of those yes. where I told you you need to watch you this said, movie? Yeah, and, and I thought it was, it was hands down. Was I mean, from a comedy perspective? Yeah. Like I think it's better than because like sometimes the Will Ferrell stuff uh-huh. and and Seth Rogen <clears throat> stuff and all that get on my nerves. Yeah, you know what I mean. Uh-huh. Like it's funny, but it's not like I kind of feel like if you've seen Wedding Crashers, then you've seen uh, Old School, and you've seen Step Brothers. You've kind of mm-hmm. just seen it all play out. There's some unique parts, but you kind of get the idea of the comedy. Yeah, this to me was more unique, so I enjoyed it. And then I saw on Hulu that they uh, this is the same creators who made the movie came over here because it's Australian, isn't it? New Zealand. Zealand. Yeah. yeah. So the news so the people who created in New Zealand came over here to America and did a TV sh- and and they're writing and directing the TV show. Yeah. 
So it's the same comedy and same type of, and it's yeah. hilarious, man. There are a couple of times I've caught myself laughing out loud because it's just, it's so stupid funny. Well, you know, that was my first experience with that Takawa Titi, however you say his name, the guy that's pretty much the biggest thing going right now. He uh, he did the Thor movie, Ragnarok, uh-huh. and, uh, and he's uh, worked on tons of stuff since and he's going to keep working on stuff. He's, like I said, kind of the biggest thing going right now. He... Uh, just everything he touches is gold, and there's always his humor is, I mean, it's untouchable right now. I mean, uh, he did two he did two episodes of The Mandalorian, and I think they were the last two episodes. And if you watch, not only are those two of the best episodes throughout the whole series, but the comedy in them has his signature of it's just conversational hilarity. Like, yeah. he's the one who wrote the two stormtroopers, you know, just sitting there talking about, like, their benefits and stupid stuff while they're trying to watch yeah. the thing on their speeder cycles. And uh, they start shooting at stuff and just missing like crazy. And the whole time, their conversation is just one of those conversations you're like, dude, this is hilarious because this is the stupid crap normal people talk about. Yeah. Yet, you know, they're stormtroopers in this movie or in the show. And uh, and he just, he just does that really well. And that's part of what he did in... Uh, Ragnarok, you know he, you know he played that rock character. I can't remember his name, but uh, oh, the one who's know, like, we're gonna get on this ship. Would we're you gonna need a new Doug. Yeah, we're gonna need yeah. a new Doug. <laughs> yeah, I watched, we watched it last night at my yeah. in-laws house. Yeah, dude, yeah. when Bruce Banner jumps out of that hovercraft or whatever, <laughs> thinking he's gonna yeah. turn into you know, he and just, he just slams in front of that dog. <laughs> Yeah, like that's the that I mean that's the stuff I find funny. Yeah. Like just the quick, you know, like and that's the that's the good stuff because you know, some of his jokes are even like corny but hilarious. Uh yeah. and, and that what we do in the shadows, you know, when that one guy's like, We're werewolves, not swear wolves and like gets onto the guy for cussing. Yeah. I don't yeah, know, man. That that gets me. <laughs> yeah. No, there's there there's the one that they have the werewolves and uh and so, you know, it's one of those, essentially, they, you know, they fight and whoever wins, they have a truce, but they broke the truce. And so they got to fight to determine who, who gets the advantage in the truce, you know, whatever. And uh, so they bring this just yoked, huge dude and uh, <laughs> to fight their, their vampires, whatever. And this dude's just giant. Yeah. And he comes over and they're like, you know, choose your weapon first. And he's like, I'll use my clothes and my teeth, you know, whatever. So he walks over to choose his weapon, all these swords and everything. And dude, he pulls out this squeaky toy and throws it off the building. They're like, no. And that big thing just jumps off the building. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's hilarious. Just, yeah. That's, I mean, that's good stuff. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, there's a lot of different ways to tickle the funny bone. And some people get caught up in kind of pulling the same same kind of gags over and over, like you were saying. And it's not that it's not that these people aren't funny, but it's just after a while you're used to their style of humor. And it's right. nice when something and refreshing when something like this comes out that's just, you know maybe the new will wear off and, and we won't we won't love it forever, but no, I think no, I think the stuff they're doing is hilarious. T V show's so, great. I mean the T V yeah. show really is good. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm. I think I've I've watched all the way through, halfway through season two, and it's just it's just good stuff. I mean, just yeah. good stupid comedy. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Anyway, I mean, not to say like Talladega Nights and all that Step Brothers weren't funny, but yeah, I love them too. Don't yeah, I, I get what you're saying. But at though. the same I, I time, do. man, it's kind of like 
same movie, different different yeah. plot twist. Yeah. yeah. So. I'll, I will say that some comedies, uh, you know, you need a little distance because you're so, like, familiar with them that they, you know, the, the, the jokes don't get you as much as they did. But, man, I do remember, you know, I do remember the ear to ear, like, laughter, grin, watching Dumb and Dumber, like, you know, for the first time. Uh, I mean, there's there's a handful of movies I have where it's like, man, there's a few of these that killed me. But I remember watching What We Do in the Shadows, and I don't think I stopped smiling or laughing throughout the whole thing. Right. It was, it was good. I think, I think the last time I watched a movie like that was Napoleon Dynamite when it came out. That had you going out. Yeah, I mean, it's just stupid. It's kind of like a geeky grin where you're like, (laughs) yeah, but you can't figure out. You you can't figure out what's going on, but it's hilarious. Yeah. And, uh, anyway. Yeah, Yeah, I'm going to watch it, watch the movie again. Yeah. But, yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah. I'm glad Hulu picked it up. Yeah, definitely. You know, I go through stages where I don't watch a comedy for a long time, um, and then I'll—I don't know—I'll get the, I'll get the urge again and start watching yeah. them. But um, yeah, I've been watching. Well, I watched Broken. I watched Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul all the way through. So I, yeah. you know, that's kind of what my thing was. So I was looking <laughs> for a little bit of change. Mm-hmm. So I've been watching what we do in the shadows and Saved by the Bell. <laughs> yeah, I kind of went down that nostalgic trip and uh, started watching Cheers. Um, That's a good show. Man, you know, some of their uh, best gags are the gags that they start the show with. You know, just like that little first before the theme song comes on. Yeah. Uh, that's some of their best gags. And, and really, the stuff that's going on on the side... You know, the, the main focus is usually, you know, like the in the early ones, it's like Sam and Diane or, you know, whatever's going on with them. That's that's really like the main thread of what's going on. And right. sometimes it's funny and, and sometimes it's really good and they, and they do a good job of working off each other. But, man, I'm telling you, the real hilarious stuff is the little stuff that's happening like on the side, like the little the little quick jokes here and there. Yeah. And uh you know, like when Norm walks in, not a, everybody remembers them always going, Norm! But what you don't remember is like how they used to always ask him, how's life? And he's like, uh, like he caught me in bed with his wife. You know, like just all these like, how life's just terrible and all this other yeah. stuff. And like all these little gags are hilarious. Uh, uh, so you kind of, you forget that all this stuff was going on and how good it was. What's that mailman's name? Cliff Clavin. Yeah. You know, he's like one of the richest actors in Hollywood. He does all those voices for all those Pixar movies. He's in every Pixar movie. No, but I'm just saying, like, he, he makes the most money in Hollywood because he's in everything. The man yeah. doesn't say no to a single job. No, he does a lot of voice acting and stuff. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. His voice is so recognizable. He, he earns top dollar. Everyone wants him, and he won't yeah. say no to anything. Yeah, they said if it comes his way, he takes it, and yeah. they no, say he's, he's just worth tons of money. Yeah, no, he's he's funny. Him and Norm are pretty hilarious on that show. Uh, I like their conversations a lot of times. Yeah, I like uh, them. I like Frazier. Frazier was obviously hilarious. Yeah, Woody Harrelson got on my nerves. Did he? Yeah. yeah. But, Did you like Coach? Yeah, I really like Coach. Coach was funny. 
Dava was, was hilarious. Yeah. He yeah. was hilarious. Like, it, you know, his temper and all that. Just Who's that? Uh, Hayden. Coach Hayden. Uh, was it Hayden Fry? Craig T. Oh, Nelson's you're talking character. about the TV, the TV show coach. I'm talking about coach on uh, on Cheers. You know, before Woody was there, it was uh, this guy they called Coach. Oh, yeah, okay, he, the old he used to be He used to be a, a manager and a pitching coach when Sam was in the big uh, leagues. And yeah. he was, uh, I don't know, it, they kind of play him off as, you know, kind of like Woody. He was the simple-minded guy. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, he, he's real funny. He <laughs> he's philosophical every now and then. <laughs> well, he usually barely knew what was going on or didn't get it. And, uh, like, they were talking about, uh, they were talking about, you know, Diane wanted to take Sam to a weekend getaway. And uh, she was trying to get a, a room at this inn because she had heard about it and it was supposed to be great. And then when she called it, of course, they're like, oh, you want Sam's usual room? And, you know, she gets all mad. And so she's looking for a place that Sam's never been before. And uh, Coach says, you know, uh, my wife took uh, and me went to this place one time and he describes how beautiful it was. And she goes, oh, that's wonderful. Now, what inn? And he said, a station wagon. You know, like, like we went in a station wagon to this place. And, yeah. and like he makes it... <laughs> Every time they talk about the inn, he keeps bringing up the station wagon. and So it's just always funny how he um, he always misreads whatever they're asking him. And that's kind of his typical joke is him misreading what they've asked him. And uh, yeah. it's it's just always funny. Um, he always comments on how he doesn't know what's going on. He's like, I don't think I know what's going on right now. So <laughs> he's, he's pretty funny. But no, Coach is good. Um, and... Uh, I don't know. We we like a lot of the, a lot of the gags on there. Like I said, it, it's good writing. They did a good job. I get kind of tired of Sam and Diane, and I, I honestly, in the later years, got tired of Sam and uh, Kirstie Alley's character, whatever her name was. Um, but there's always good stuff going on the side. Yeah. So. Yeah, dude. Those side that who that waitress. Uh, Carla. Carla. Yeah. She was hilarious. I mean, that's one was, I think, obviously, Ted Danson and whoever he was dating at the time was supposed to be the kind of focal point of the show. But like mm-hmm. you said, I think the, the supporting characters carried it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. By far, in my opinion. I will say one of my favorite, one of my favorite Frasier episodes is uh-huh. when Woody Harrelson visits, Woody uh, visits Frasier in Seattle. Oh, Yeah. And and both of them feel like they have to hang out with each other. They're not so, like, enjoying it. <laughs> they're not enjoying it. And so finally Woody leaves and Frazier's like relieved that Woody finally went away and don't have to entertain him anymore. And then he catches Woody in town and then he gets uh-huh. offended that Woody felt the same way and was just trying to get away. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Oh, man. Yeah. No, it's, it's a good show. It's worth revisiting. But... Yeah, Anyways. my dad, I used to watch Frasier all the time, man. Yeah, uh, I think no, I think that's that probably one show. of the hardest. I think that's one of the hardest things, though, when when in, in, as far as him passing goes, because mm-hmm. I mean, you you kind of expect Father's Day and his birthday and and the holidays to be difficult, you know. No, it's that so silly you, stuff you both enjoyed together. Right, you kind of yeah. brace yourself for those things, but you don't realize that part of it until you watch Frasier and then all of a sudden you get in this gloomy mood that kind of 
you don't this funk that you don't realize why, and then you know you start to think about it and then realize it. So, but yeah. to me, that was the hardest part of the first year, where those times you didn't expect to. Well, to and get you know, I think the ones for me, uh, you know, like you know, I still, you know, both my parents are still living, but as far as something like similar to that, there are shows that I think will be hard for me uh, because my mom and I, uh, like kind of caught the same, like, like we both laughed at the same time and started liking the show at the same time because she would come in and kind of get mad. Like, what are you watching? Is this inappropriate? And, you know, kind of start giving me the whole rundown of how I should be watching it. And then they'd do something and we'd both laugh. Next thing I know, she's sitting there, you know, next to me watching it. You know, I, she really started enjoying the 70s show of all shows. Oh, <laughs> and, really? uh, she, yeah. <laughs> Dude, my and, dad uh, loved that show. Yeah. And uh, my, mom, my mom really liked it. So I kind of see where you're coming from because, you know, of course it doesn't hit me now because they're both still living. But, you know, right. in the future, if I'm ever sitting around watching that and they've passed, I'll, I'll definitely, you know, it'll probably hit me a little different because I'll remember yeah, how hard they laughed. Yeah, because yeah, I, I, I share a lot of moments with my mom as far as watching stuff and us kind of laughing at the same time and, and laughing at the same stuff. Uh, I think our sense of humors are a lot alike. Now, with my dad, I share more moments of, you know, we used to go out and hunt and fish and kind of do do stuff like that where it's more right. of those kind of chilled, laid-back conversations of just kind of being around each other all day and maybe not even talking that much, but, mm-hmm. but definitely you know, sharing some pretty good conversations. And, you know, dad's got a good sense of humor, so he, he has a lot of little corny jokes I'll always remember and funny things he did. But, uh, but I think as far as watching TV, it's always been it's always been mom that kind of had my sense of humor and kind of laughed at the same time I did. Right. So, yeah. But tell you what, man, talking about sense of humor, my little girl Joe is becoming one of the funniest people I've ever been around. <laughs> she uh, just the little games she plays at two and a half are. Uh, are super funny. Um, plays and, with you uh, or just plays by herself. I mean, she she makes us part of it. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I, like you know, but it's just stuff. She's just like she's starting to get into her imagination. You know, like yeah. pretending and stuff like that. And it's just hilarious watching it go down. Like she keeps she's got these little toys that she calls the babies. And what it is, it's uh. These little cheap plastic Sesame Street kids, and she keeps putting them in timeout. <laughs> and she's like, "Oh, you need to go to timeout." And she comes over here and puts them next to the door, and like puts them all in timeout, and you know, and gives them the up and down about what they did and why they're in timeout. <laughs> yeah. And then goes back in there, you know, and uh, just does stuff like that. So I don't she know. Get put she get put in timeout. Yeah, dude, Are you kidding me? Does Josie get is... put in timeout? Yeah, she is a misbehaving kid. So she, uh, nah, she's yeah, not too she's bad, but she, she's she's definitely getting in trouble here and there. Yeah. So Gentry and Gemma both uh, spanked their baby dolls in public, <laughs> <laughs> which obviously, like, yeah, yeah. shines a, <laughs> my go-to parenting technique. <laughs> Form of punishment. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, no. 
<laughs> but yeah, so but yeah, there I mean she's getting into that that phase that I mean it's, they're they're the to me they're I mean thus far they're the funnest in this two to five year old range. Most kids are. Now I know some kids who who just aren't fun. They're just not fun kids at all, you know. But but most kids when they get into this two to five year old range, man, they're just they're yeah. good kids, you know. It's just fun to because it's it's just they're learning their you know imaginations, whatever. They see the world a lot differently than you and I do. Yeah. Now I uh, so they turn into angry eleven year olds. That's right. That's right. Not I, I know that's going to happen, but um, but yeah, I, I mean, she's like you said, it's her imagination, and that's getting fun. Now I will say. You know, this is also the age where you got to kind of start pushing the potty training on them. You know, like she's she's over two now. She needs to be getting potty trained, and we want to have her potty trained as soon as possible. Uh, we don't really know what we're doing though. Uh, and then the other thing is, is you know, Molly's a baby, so if she needs something, she cries. And when Josie was like one and two, and kind of learning how to talk and getting better at talking, she learns how to you know kind of tell you what she wants. Well, now we're trying to work on her to learn how to ask politely. It's like, all right, you're old enough now to start learning how to ask politely. Oh, yeah. Don't just, don't just point and tell me. You know, you you need to pay attention. But Shasta kind of just repeats things you say. So, like, we got onto her a couple times because she'd tell us no. We'd be like, you don't tell me no. So now she's like, you don't tell me no. You don't tell me no. It just starts, like, yeah. yelling it at us. Yeah, so, my youngest told me to shut up today. Yeah. How does that go? She's not going to do it again. Yeah, she's just going to whip her baby doll in <laughs> she, public. <laughs> she figured out. She figured out you don't tell, tell mom or dad to shut up. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, and that's the thing, man. Like, like I call her a turd sniffer. You know, and just that looks like that's going to backfire, Josh. Just going to yeah. say. But she'll call me a turd sniffer. You yeah, know? but what, what's going to happen when she gets sent home from school for calling kids at preschool? <laughs> kids need the kid needs thicker skin. Yeah, <laughs> but, you know what I mean, though. But the point being is, is I'll call her that, or and then I'll I'll walk into the room and she'll be like, you know, hey, there's a turd sniffer, something like that, and it's funny. You know what I mean? So. Like that kind of stuff, she figures it out. And then she tells me to shut up, and like things get serious, and no one laughs, and and all that. So, uh, I mean, she 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 really. I mean, it's good in the sense that like she kind of realizes, like, oh, I probably shouldn't have done that. Yeah. I mean, the mood wasn't the same after I said it versus, you know, calling dad, you know, whatever I call him, and so. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, I mean, you know, is good because, I mean, obviously I want my kids to have a sense of humor yeah. where they can get razzed on and where they can razz on somebody and it's not going to, you know, get them in their feels. And, yeah. And they also got to know where to pull back, though. <laughs> right. But, they, but then you also learn that there's a limit, you yeah. know, that, that you can only go so far and that, you know, and if you go, if and, but the thing is, is, is if you go beyond that point and you do go too far, I mean... It's really just admitting you you messed up and apologizing and and yeah. learning where that line is, you know. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's not it's not difficult to figure out how to get along with people, I guess. 
Yeah, learning how to back off and, and apologize is something that more people need to learn. Because um, I don't think people mean to step on each other's toes as much as they do. It's just once somebody does, they just don't have it in them to say, hey, man, you know what? Like, I'm sorry. Like, you know, my bad. Like, I'll back off. I'll chill. It's not even that big of a deal. It's not. It, it is really absolutely isn't. not. It's yeah. it's not for either party. And I'll be honest with you, because I do that, people let me get away with a lot more. Like, right. every now and then I'll say something and be like, you know what? I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that. And they're like, no, nah, man, it's cool. And I'm like, sorry. I just, just screwed with you and wasn't thinking. I, that's kind of rude. I probably shouldn't have, shouldn't have said that the way I said it. It sounded mean after I, after I heard myself say it. And, right. uh, you know, because they know I don't mean any ill intent and because I kind of immediately realized, you know what? <laughs> My bad. <laughs> Yeah. Hearing me say that out loud just now. <laughs> so. oh, but, and, and that's the thing, man. No one's perfect. Like, yeah. I just, I don't get the whole, like, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna sit on it. You know what I mean? Well, and the whole, the whole trying to, trying to, you know, make it sound like you, you are perfect. You know, some people try to act like they don't make mistakes and that they're just so, they're just they're just so with it that they don't make mistakes, you know. And I'm like, man, there's no way. There's no way. Everybody makes mistakes. Everybody says something stupid. Right. So right. I don't care. Enough. I don't care how conscious you are and how considerate you are. You're probably making somebody livid. And now and now we have social media, so now we have it all on record. Oh for yeah. the rest of our lives. Oh yeah. Oh, so I yeah. can look back at some of the things I said to some people. On social media, joking around, and I'm like, dude, that was just. <laughs> was, I got on social media uh, 11, 12 years ago. So, 28 year old Josh mm-hmm. didn't know where that line was. <laughs> no, and he he bulldozed it. You get you don't have to dig very far to see Jeff Tucker like not realizing that tone doesn't come across in a text. Like, oh yeah, no lie. You, I mean. A lot of things I think are super hilarious. I go back and reread them. I'm like, man, that that's some harsh stuff I just said. Why did I say that? And I'm like, oh, I was joking. Yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> yeah I think that, that was wasn't even biggest... obvious to me at first. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the biggest learning curve most people have with social media. Sarcasm doesn't translate well. Oh, no. No. Uh, yeah, I quit trolling. I quit trolling Twitter for a while. It's not, it's not fun these days. Yeah. So. But. You can find better things to do anyways. I mean, that's kind of what I've, I mean, I have been doing. Watching mm-hmm. TV. It's just, it's less stressful, man. Yeah. Like, you, you know, I mean, you get to the point, man, where that social media stuff just brings too much stress. You just got to back off of it for a while. Yeah, well, and you, you also have to watch out because your computer is, is paying attention to you, and it's kind of tracking when it sees that you like to kind of go down certain paths and look yeah. for certain things and when certain things get a reaction from you, and it starts only filling you in with those to where after a while you think that's the only thing going on in the world. And right. it's like, it's like no, actually... There are other things that I could be focusing on. It's just this is what the internet keeps pushing on me because I kind of 
I kind of give into it too much, you know, I, you know, and, and stuff. And man, I'll be honest with you, I, I got rid of social media, but uh, I'll get bored. And so <laughs> I, I'm real bad about getting on YouTube and watching um, a couple different things. A lot of old school wrestling. I watch a lot of old school wrestling. And really just for the the insanity of, of just how crazy it was back in the 80s when they were first getting into all this, like, you know, trying to get, like, crazy reactions from people and, and making these wild storylines and all this other stuff. But they were still kind of new. Like so Macho Man with a Snake? I mean, yeah, I dude, that. some of the stuff was... something. Some of the stuff was crazy ridiculous because, you know, they were kind of trailblazers and figured it out as they went. And, right. uh, dude, some of these things they did were just outrageous and it's fun it is fun to watch and just yeah. think back like man we used to watch this and take it so serious and i'm not yeah, talking I'm about watching. macho man i'm talking about pre-wwf back when everything was still uh was still kind of sectioned off by where you lived in the country that's what you got um right you know like back in the original four horsemen era back when you know it was jim crockett productions that's what i'm watching it's like dusty roads and and all this other stuff. Like, Dusty Rhodes got kicked out of wrestling for a little while because he attacked Tully Blanchard with a baseball bat and tried to choke him out with it and actually hit and actually hit somebody else with it. And the whole deal is just crazy. you got to go back and watch this because Dusty Rhodes is just going crazy with this, uh, with this whole uh, baseball bat-like gimmick that they're going with. And they kicked him out of wrestling. And then all of a sudden, mysteriously, this new wrestler pops up called the Midnight Rider, who suspiciously looks just like Dusty Rhodes in a black mask <laughs> and talks just like Dusty Rhodes. But yet, the only people who think that it's Dusty Rhodes are like the people he attacked and the bad guys, and everybody else acts like, no, that's the Midnight Rider. That's not Dusty Rhodes, <laughs> even though it's super obvious. <laughs> And, it's, and I mean, and they just play this thing out like it's just so hilarious. And, you know, at the time, not, none of these guys were really actors. They they got to be wrestlers because they were most of them because they were just big, burly men and and could fly around the ring doing stuff. So in their promos, you'd get a couple of charismatics like Ric Flair and Dusty Rhodes. But, man, there was a lot of these guys that couldn't put a sentence together. But yet they were still like top draw wrestlers because little old ladies loved them, you know, and uh, and that's who watched it. So it, it's funny, though. But I, I love watching that stuff, and it's absolutely ridiculous. But I'll watch that, and then I'll watch, like, some, you know, what's going on in the Marvel and DC universe, like what movies are going to come out and all this other stuff. And then yeah. I, messed, I messed around and watched one video that said something about a scientist and a flat earther going back and forth. And I was like, I'm curious. I'll check uh -huh. it out. Because I was curious and clicked on that one time and didn't even finish the whole thing because I just really wasn't enjoying it after a point, I get nothing but just this rabbit hole crap put down my throat. You know, like, oh, so-and-so actually feels this way. What this really means. What's really yeah, man? Because you went with, like, the most, like, most off-the-wall conspiracy theory of all of them. Well, I like, just, like you didn't even you didn't even ease into it, man. You like went to the furthest. I mean, you're just you're one degree away from lizard people, bro. 
Well, I didn't go because I... Oh, this cannonballing in the deep end. I didn't go to that thing because I thought the Flat Earther guy had a chance, Josh. I just wanted to see a funny conversation. And all I'm saying is, now I get all these crazy, you know, suggestions that I, I want to go chase a rabbit, you know, down a hole. Or now if I look up something from the Marvel Universe and try to, instead of showing me like, you know, some kind of nerdy person telling me all about the cosmic side of Marvel, it's some guy getting on there and like talking about how much Brie Larson and, you know, Chris Hemsworth hate each other. You know, I'm like, I don't really care about that mess you know i don't right you know it's that it's that it's basically that pick a side internet uh you know the, the internet's full of this pick a side stuff and if they think they know kind of what side you're on they just start inundating you with things yeah. that you would like and listen to no that's true that and, is true uh, and and so i don't know I, I guess that's what i call it now pick a side internet <clears throat> say this though from trolling experience flat earthers have no sense of humor there's really? nothing funny. Yeah, there'll be nothing funny coming out of a flat Earth uh, argument. Yeah. Uh, there's some weird cats, man. But yeah. But what was I? Oh, my wife and I were watching uh, "Say by the Bell." Yeah. Dude, there's no way that show's made today. No. AC like, Slater was the most chauvinistic individual ever, and it was the funniest thing. <laughs> And then Screech would try and act like A.C. Slater. Like one guy, he told him, like, get in the kitchen, mama, or something like that. It was just, <laughs> it's hilarious. But yeah. you're, you're sitting there like, there's no way this, this show would ever pass today because. Well, like all of Zach's schemes and scams and things that he tried to do were just like, dude, you're like a piece of trash, man. Like, that's, you know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Will yeah, Smith, too, in Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, there is an episode where the Fresh Prince, Will Smith, he likes this girl, but she won't sleep with him because she's waiting until she gets married. So he convinces his best friend, Jazz, to pretend to be a priest and marry him in a fake ceremony so that he can get this girl in bed. Yeah. How terrible is that? And that's a, that's a comedy that kids watch? And, I mean, that's yeah. Will Smith. Most people would say, oh, that, that's a good guy. But it's just a different time. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Definitely different time. You know, it's just a different time. Which I like, I like Will Smith. I'm not trying to dog on him. I like him what a lot. They call, what do they call it for TV shows? Standards in... It's, it's S&P. It's the S&P department. Yeah. Chappelle talks about him all the time. How he basically had a weekly meeting with him. <laughs> based on his show. <laughs> Standards and Practices. That's yeah. the... The name of the division, a bunch of lawyers and all that that basically say you can't say this or say that. You're gonna have but to this cut is okay. But this is yeah. absolutely okay. Yeah. Well yeah. And I mean in his comedy he made that point. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, just sitting here talking about cheers. Like, I mean, when you go back and watch that, you also just realize what a what a different time it was back in the early eighties, you know. Sam alone, you know, the, the character that's the main character in the show, just like relentless in hitting on everything that walks in, but yet, you know, the women always are portrayed to just absolutely eat it up and love it. Yeah. It's like, dude, <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's creepy. <laughs> <laughs> that's, like, can you tone it down a little bit? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's true. That is true. I mean, yeah. I, I don't know about you, but have you ever uh, had a friend who was one of those, like, he, 
he can't not hit on a girl. Like if she doesn't matter if he has any intent with her or not, he just for some reason that's the only way he knows how to talk to girls to hit on her. And it is so uncomfortable, man. It is so uncomfortable. Like I was that friend. That's terrible. <laughs> it is it is super uncomfortable being I'm around. Like, right, Dude, I did, a friend, I did have a friend. I did have a. I wasn't that guy. I was actually the shy one of everyone. But uh, I did have a friend, man, who thought he was like it. It was it was comical to me some of the conversations he and I would have because he just could not figure out. He just couldn't figure out why a girl wouldn't dig him. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like it was just like I can li- I I can outside looking in list for you a ton of reasons why she's not really into you. Yeah, but in his head he couldn't figure it out. And whoever she was dating, he'd have a crush. And whoever she was dating, this is what all the things that are wrong with him and and all that. And it's like, bro, you're not the catch you think your mama thinks you are, man. <laughs> like, kind of have to to tone that down a bit, yeah. but. So I would I would mess with him, man, and he liked this one he liked this one girl, uh, one time, man, who was she was into karate or something like jujitsu or uh, karmata or whatever, mm-hmm. and uh, and I was just I was just slinging these one liners at her and mm-hmm. uh, or at him to use on her, and I I said something about the dojo, man. And we happened to be in the in the in the steam room at the gym when with this Asian guy and that you just started rolling. He's like, That never work <laughs> And I'm like, no, no. You think Sherlock? Like I'm throwing these dude, I had a buddy in college and I used to dude, I used to say stupid pickup lines to everybody just to be funny. But he had a crush on this girl and she had just broken up with her boyfriend and his name was fucking uh we used to just yell at him, and like in the crowd, he'd be. You could. You, he always wore the same hat, which was this navy blue fitted hat, and it had a yellow jacket, like a Georgia Tech yellow jacket, because we were the Howard Payne yellow jackets. Mm-hmm. But the yellow jacket was metallic gold, mm-hmm. so you could always pull him out in the crowd because that blue hat with that shiny gold on it, mm-hmm. shiny gold emblem, whatever. And so we just we'd always yell, "Yo, pussy!" <laughs> And just and then <laughs> you see that dude looking around, and we just keep walking. But dude, he got to the point where everyone was doing it, so he didn't know who was coming. Anyway, he broke up with his girlfriend. And you, you talk about a dude who outpunted his coverage with his girlfriend. Man, he probably <laughs> had one of the hottest girls on school, and he was the goofiest looking dude I've ever seen. Yeah. But anyway, he they broke up, and I had a I had a buddy who really liked her, and they had a class together. And he's like, I just, I don't know what, you know, I, I felt bad for him because I don't know what to say, man. And every time I want to talk to her, I, I get choked, you know, kind of tongue tied. And I, I said, listen, man, here's what you do. I said, after your test, because he's like, we, you know, we have a test the next day. I said, when the professor gives you back the test, man, walk up to her and say, hey, what'd you get on number two? And, you know, and after she answers, you say, speaking of number twos, let me take you down to. <laughs> Let me take you up to Fambros and get you that quesadilla deal. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> like, I just used to throw stupid and do prank calls. Yeah. Dude, we used to prank call people in their dorm rooms because of the way that the numbers were set up. You could easily just pick a random number and call. Mm-hmm. And I used to 
used to I used to call myself uh, Big Mike or something like that. No, you said that. Radio you station, that before, radio crazy station. Mike, the radio station. Yeah. And you said you had that crazy thing running, Mike, running over to just yeah. run across so much so that they they finally uh, pulled the the AD the radio station. Aside. <laughs> yeah, the next well, did I tell you what ended up? Well, you I said you, why you, know, I, you said that there would be a certificate waiting for them at this restaurant for a yeah. free meal if they answered a question right, and you said you would send them to this restaurant. And then one time you went and you were like, "Hey, uh, Crazy Mike sent me said I had a voucher for a free meal," and said the girl felt sorry for you because she said this happens all the time. Look. We'll go ahead and give you a free meal, but this is not a real thing. Yeah. So, <laughs> so did I tell you? Did I tell you how I why I stopped? Uh, I don't know if I remember this or not. I kind of had to stop. Um, it got to the point. Did you, didn't your coach get on to you? The the well, the athletic director pulled me aside. Said, I know after, you're crazy. after chapel one day, and he just he just pulled me aside and he put his arm around me, and he said, "Hey, man, he goes, there's a rumor out there that you uh, that there's a crazy Mike on campus that's prank calling some students." <laughs> he goes, and I heard a little rumor that it might be you, and I went, "I'm like." Well, you know, rumors are rumors. Sometimes they're true, sometimes they're not. <laughs> and he just kind of smiled at me, and he just, you know, he put his arm around me, and he kind of pulled me away from everyone else because my buddies and all that were with us, and he pulled me uh -huh. away from everyone else. He said, we spent 30 minutes yesterday talking about Crazy Mike and the president and dean meeting. So this is the president of the university with all the deans uh -huh. talking for 30 minutes about Crazy Mike. And what they can do to figure out who it is so that they can essentially punish him or get him to stop. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And their concern was, was I guess, somewhat justified because they're worried that, you know, a kid running across to the radio station would uh, hurt themselves or they would, you know, beat up the DJ or something like that. Mm -hmm. You know, but it got all the way up to the president of the university talking about it, trying to figure it out. And this That's the AD's in these meetings. And so the AD goes home and his son, you know, played football. And he pulled, and his son was one of my friends. And so he was talking about it with his wife, you know, because he, he thought it was funny, you know. He's like, mm -hmm. you know, well, I think his son told him it was me. And then yeah. he realized, like, I got to pull this kid aside and tell him to quit. <laughs> but, <laughs> I, thought, I was pumped, man, that it got all the way up to there. Yeah. got into their... Uh, their meetings yeah man when we were when we were pulling our pranks back in our junior college days that's when ours were because um, junior college at where we were was like almost like high school part two i mean it yeah. was yeah a small small little school small little area not far from any of our homes <clears throat> well man there was this kid he's a good kid he was a mormon kid and uh he uh he was he was he was a big guy, really really large guy, like tall guy. Um, probably probably could have just if he was aggressive at all, probably could have murdered all of us. But uh, anyways, 
they used to prank him relentlessly. Now, I wasn't very much, the only time I ever got in on the pranks where they needed some help because they needed enough people to pick his car up because he drove this tiny little car, tiny little car, and everybody wanted to pick it up and put it against his door to his dorm room because we had, our dorm rooms were like a motel. It was like a two level uh, with doors facing outside and they wanted to put his car up against his door and then everybody got the idea. It was like, well, make it even funnier. Let's paint it up like or make it look like, you know, he got drunk and parked it there himself. So, you know, kind of people decorated it a little bit and made it look like, you know, kind of a crime scene or whatever. Anyways, he opens his door. He's like, horror, 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 guys. You know, <laughs> like, you know, he just kind of blew it off like he always did when people pranked him. Well, he he formulated this diabolical plan to like, after a year worth, a year's worth of getting pranked, that he was going to do this epic end-of-school prank on the two guys who typically were the ones who, you know, put these things together and orchestrated these pranks against him. And so he drove to Fort Smith and found a place that sold dry ice. And I don't know what he thought he was going to do with it, but he was going to make like a dry ice bomb, too. I don't know what he was even going to do with it. This prank prank made no sense from the get-go. Well... I just, I guess he was just trying to think of something he could do on an epic scale and just dry ice. Like I said, I still don't even know if he, if he knew exactly what would be funny about it and what he was going to do with it. Well, he gets to the school, and of course, like a few people notice what's going on, and everybody realizes real quick he doesn't even really know how to use this stuff to make a dry ice bomb. So everybody's like, well, how do you do it? Well, it turns out the only people that knew how to do it were the two guys that pranked him all the time. <laughs> So then this just turns into everybody in the dorms trying to figure out what are the coolest things we can do with dry ice. And they decide to, you know, make a dry ice bomb out of a two-liter pop bottle. And they're like, hey, there's a bunch of baseball players standing over by those other dorms. We'll sneak around the building, and this dude's going to throw it out there, and then when it blows up behind him, it's going to scare the crap out of all of them. Well, so... At this point, the, the kid that bought the dry ice is just a spectator <laughs> to, to this whole thing. <laughs> and this dude runs with the dry ice bomb because he wasn't sure how long it would take for it to blow up. So he's just running with it in his hand, trying, praying that it doesn't blow up before he gets it chunked. And he just goes around the corner and he throws it. And as he throws it, man, this thing just goes boom. And, man, they all jump, and, of course, he runs around, and we're all around uh, the, the dorms where we were at, and everybody just kind of goes in their rooms and just kind of hides and laughs and giggles. Well, I guess one of the baseball players got kind of hot about it and uh, acted like he was ready to whoop somebody and all this other stuff. And, uh, anyways, it, by the time it was all said and done, it got cooled down, and there was no altercation. Unfortunately, there was the whole part to deal with of as it got up the ranks of what happened and people started, you know, saying, yeah, this is what happened and everything else, the people at the school took it very serious because you got to understand this is about like circa 98, 99. Um, yeah. And that's when school shootings first started, like really making mainstream media, Columbine and things like that. And so someone said it sounded like someone got shot. And that's all it took for the school to decide they needed to act immediately and man anyone that they thought may have had something to do with it 
got called in and just interrogated. <clears throat> well, I remember when they called me and they started asking me all these questions. I was like, look, you know, I, I heard about what happened. I didn't have anything to do with it. And, you know, I couldn't tell you anything that would help you pinpoint who's, who's in, you know, who was in charge of the whole thing. And they tried to scare us and everything. And I was like, look, man, you know, I, I've been honest with you and I'm, I'm sorry that I can't help you. And so I left out of there. And they went through it with everybody. And I guess everybody held, like, held tight and just kind of, right. you know, denied it if they did have anything to do with it. And if they didn't have anything to do with it, definitely didn't, you know, tattle on what they had heard or what they had seen until it got to the kid who bought the dry ice. And he, oh. tells, them that he, he tells them that he bought it and that it was all supposed to be a prank to prank a couple guys. And man, I kid you not, with two days left of classes, they expelled him from the school. Oh, come on. And they, but here's the thing. They told him, they're like, now you can come back after a semester. But I'm like, no, 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 no. This is like a good kid who has never done anything wrong and now has to go tell his parents before he... This was the next year he was going on his like, you know how they have to go on their bike ride? The Mormons yeah. go on a bike ride deal and they go like evangelize or whatever it is they do. Right. They're like, yeah, that coming up. And man, I'm like, dude, I, I, I still want to know what happened to him after that. And I hope his life turned out great. But yeah, I was like, you got to be kidding me. Y'all expelled that kid. Like, There's no way they had to have believed that he really actually was the reason that went down. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because uh, like I said, this is a small school. This is a small school. They knew him personally. They knew he's a good kid. So right. we all thought it was pretty sorry, and uh, we talked to him about it and everything, and told him we apologized and all that. But no, nah, man, fell on the sword. He fell on the sword. Uh, pretty true, blue dude. Yeah, man, maybe the guy didn't want to be there. Maybe I pranked that dude. And that maybe, was his way out. Maybe the whole prank was to make us feel guilty. <laughs> you <may be> right. <laughs> the dude is a he's genius. Filling, he's filling out of school anyway, like, so he's like, he's like, he's like, I'm not even coming back to school anyways. I'll be on a bicycle, being an evangelist all next year, and then I got a scholarship to OU. I'll just go there. You know, that's probably what he's thinking. Yeah, yeah he's exactly. like, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna make these guys feel guilty for the rest of their lives. So, <laughs> granted, granted, not the prank that went the wrongest. I've talked about the one that went the wrongest with me, but um, yeah. But that, that was definitely one that, um, yeah, felt really bad how it ended up. The The stuff they used to do to him was pretty funny. Um, and, uh, and he always took it really well. Uh, he, he never got too upset about the pranks, I don't think. Um, and, uh, and all, but man, they used to do some pretty funny stuff to him. So it was, it was good times, man. We, we all pranked each other. I, I actually um, ended up, uh, me and a friend ended up, no one knew it was us, and they actually blamed him. Uh, but uh, we actually, those two guys that he was trying to get, we did actually right. prank them one time and, and really worked them over pretty good. And they never suspected us, thought it was him, got real mad about it. And I was like, I was like you know, kind of glad they got what they deserved, and I'm kind of glad it was us. <laughs> oh, man. So... It's good times. Good times. Man, how long has it been? It's an hour and 11. Yeah. So. Good times. Fellas, we appreciate it. 
that's an hour. This one's in the can. We will uh, see you on the flip side. We're out. See you. There's no music. Yeah. I'm going to have to edit all yeah. that in. Yeah.